Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. Each episode will focus on some pieces of music from the video game corpus and talk about one musical concept found in those pieces. In our first season, we're diving deep into the score of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Each episode of the podcast so far, we've ended up listening to music from the Nintendo Entertainment System, or NES for short. This is because many of the characters and game worlds of Smash had their origin here, as it was the start of a new era of home console gaming whose legacy continues today. We've been listening to a NES cover of the Smash Ultimate theme by Tater Tot Tunes. You can check out their other covers on their YouTube channel. In Smash Ultimate, the Famicom medley showcases songs from many characters' first games as they first appeared, including The Legend of Zelda, The Adventure of Link, Dr. Mario, Metroid, Duck Hunt, Punch-Out, and Kid Icarus. The NES is the western version of Japan's Famicom, and while there are slight differences between the two consoles, we won't get into them here today. There are various composers to the original songs in this medley, but the copyright and arrangement for this tune are attributed to Nintendo. This arrangement originally showed up in Smash for Wii U. Have a listen. If you're like me, the modern versions of these tunes come to mind when you listen to these songs. We've made a ridiculous amount of technical progress since the release of the NES. The Famicom, which stands for Family Computer, came out in Japan in 1983, and the NES came to North America in 1985. They brought in the third generation of home video game consoles, 
which was a major revival to gaming and the end of what is known as the video game crash of 1983. Prior to the NES, the video game market was oversaturated with everyone and their grandma making games, with very little control over quality. The NES helped stabilize the video game industry by introducing a now standard business model of licensing third-party developers to produce titles for them. This legitimized the industry again and allowed it to thrive to today. Thanks, Nintendo. The Atari 2600, the major predecessor to the third generation of video game consoles, had only two oscillators, meaning it could only produce two sounds at the same time and couldn't play many pitches in tune with itself. Here's some audio from the gameplay of Space Invaders, for example. Clearly not a console designed with music in mind. The advancements of the NES allowed for more complicated compositions, which is what we're looking at in today's episode. Nintendo Entertainment System Sound Hardware. The NES has five sound channels. The first two are pulse wave channels, the third is a triangle wave channel, the fourth is a noise channel, and the fifth is a sample channel. Let's talk about them in order. The two pulse wave channels are identical and can be manipulated in several ways. They have four different tones they can produce, represented by percents. These tones are sometimes called pulse widths or duty cycles. A full sound wave travels from rest to a crest to a trough and then to rest again. The percent indicates how much of the wavelength of the sound is a crest versus a trough. The four pulse widths are 12.5%. 25%, 50%, and 75%. However, since 75% and 25% are basically just opposites of each other, they sound the same. The pulse wave channels were usually used for the melody and the harmony for our nest music. The triangle wave channel has almost exclusively been used for bass sounds in Nintendo songs, as its tone can sound similar to that of a bass guitar. It also has no volume control, because the bits that were allocated to volume are being used to shape the sound into a triangle wave. The noise channel produces, you guessed it, noise. It's perfect for emulating percussion. It has 16 preset pitches across two modes, offering 32 voices. Mode 1. And Mode 2. The fifth channel is a sample channel, capable of only 1-bit samples. Personally, I'm not sure why this channel wasn't used more often. They probably took up a lot of space in the cartridge, I guess. But there are only a few games that took advantage of it. One of the most notable examples is throughout the soundtrack of Super Mario Bros. 3 for percussion such as timpanis, bongos, and steel drums. This is the overworld theme for that game, composed by Koji Kondo. Listen to the percussion of the sample channel.
The samples also weren't capable of changing pitch without slowing the speed of the sample down, making it hard to use practically. You might think that writing music for the original Nintendo was a challenging process, but what fascinates me about the NES sound hardware is the limitations of it. By forcing the composers into a tiny box of technical restrictions, they were able to push those restrictions to the absolute limits, and possibly think in creative ways that they wouldn't have otherwise. There are many more limitations that we didn't mention today, and also many creative uses of the hardware that we won't have time to talk about, but here are a few. By varying the pitch quickly, a vibrato effect can be produced in the synthesizer, like in the Zelda theme at the beginning of the medley. By quickly switching from one duty cycle to another, you can make a note have a different attack, making it sound pluckier, for example. In the punch-out song from the medley, the cycle switches from 12.5% to 50%. You can also tweak the volume at different points along the length of a sound to change its attack or other parts of the sound envelope. You can hear a more bell-like attack in the Kid Icarus music of the medley. really cool track from Smash Bros. Ultimate that shows us how a piece of music conceptualized in the NES era can be fleshed out into a full song. At the end of the original Metroid game, the song Escape plays as Samus finds her way out of the enemy's lair before it's blown up. The arrangement that we'll listen to starts introducing modern instruments, subtly at first, with a bell and some strings, until finally the piece is in its fully realized form. It also shows us how the NES song can be interpreted with orchestral instruments and rock instruments in different places in the song. This was originally found in Smash for Wii U and was arranged by Akari Kaida. Enjoy.
The Ness left room for our imaginations to take over, and allowed composers to explore the far reaches of their creativity. I really believe that limits can cause us to think in new and interesting ways. So, composers, next time you have writer's block, maybe try composing something for the Ness. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any comments or suggestions for a piece of music or a musical concept, you can contact me at overtonewarpzone at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media everywhere at OTWZ Podcast. Until next time, keep playing.